Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. All right, here we go. Three, two, one. Governor Rauner wants to change collective bargaining. How do you feel? Hardened by half a century of political battles in Springfield. This is a government that's in grave financial Difficulty. Speaker Madigan, a successful property tax appeals attorney. We have the ability to lower property taxes on homeowners. And a stubborn negotiator. Excuse me. I don't see that I'm being unreasonable. I'm here. Would often compromise his views on controversial social issues. My record over the years is one of compromise. The devout Catholic approving gay marriage, expanded abortion access, and legal marijuana. But when it came to union power and workers' wages, he wouldn't budge. My designees to the working groups are very desirous of a compromise, but they're not going to sacrifice the interests of the middle class on their wages and their standard of living. Pressed on his personal support for legal pot, his answer revealed where he draws the line. I'm not taking any sides. I'm, I'm trying to learn the issue, and I'm trying to talk with people in terms of reconciling the differences. Wow. You know, it's not like a proposal to raise the income tax to support state government. That's pretty clear cut, right? Either you're for more government or less government, or you want to pay the bills or you don't want to pay the bills. All right, everybody. How's it going? That was really who, – who put that together? Uh, that would be Springfield's own Mark Maxwell. Maxwell, you are good. That was – I hadn't – I hadn't heard that. That was really well done. I got, can, studio audience, would you show some appreciation for Mark Maxwell? Show some appreciation. We played it last year. Ben, a whole segment about it. But ben doesn't remember it. But, yeah. Hey, man. You, you try to remember when you're my age. Something we did a year ago. I have difficulties remembering what I did Saturday. Although I'm sure it involved the Chicago Bulls. But that was really well done, Maxwell. Give yourself a raise and take it out of petty cash. Your Ben Jarofsky show. Four. Thursday, March 3rd, is brought to you by SEIU Healthcare, Illinois, Indiana, the Chicago Federation of Labor, the Chicago Teachers Union, and Chicago Reader. ChicagoReader.com for all things there is to know the city of Chicago, where to go, what to do, what to eat, what to drink, what kind of pot to smoke, and so much more, including columns from our very own Ben Jarofsky. I got a feeling, well, he's got two choices here, really, what he could be talking about for his next column. Boy, <laughs> life's good over at the Jarofsky house, all right? <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's an abundance of riches. Thank you to uh, Michael Mad Dog, Madigan, and Laurie. Biggest dick life. Okay, <laughs> this one's not I'm going. Just quoting the mayor. All right, it's we, we it's Thursday. We need a lumping show. So okay, from Ooh, now on out, take that out. I'll, yeah. I'll take that out. <laughs> Whoa! Let's get this on lumping. Well, K- Casey Kelly Cassidy. I don't know. She's known yeah, to have. Yeah. A- All right. Uh, just you know what? It'd be funny if it just beep. If you could you put like a beep in there and like. I'll try. Lumpin'? Yeah. All right. That's I funny. got a feeling this one's not going on lumping. All right. Your Ben Jarofsky <laughs> show is just moments uh, away. But remember, ChicagoReader.com forward slash Jarofsky if you want to help out this program. J O R A V is in victory. S K Y. 
It is Thursday, March 3rd, and this is The Ben Jarofsky Show. Today on the program, we're talking Mike Madigan with our good friend, Illinois State Rep, Kelly Cassidy. And now your host, Chicago Reader columnist Ben Jarofsky. Hello, everybody. Ben Jarofsky here. We're calling this Mad Dog Goes Down Thursday. And here's why. Yes, yes, you know why the Mad Dog in that sentence is, of course, former House Speaker, former chairman of the Illinois Democratic Party, longtime strongman from the 13th Ward on the southwest side of Chicago, Michael Joseph Madigan. <laughs> Sorry, the sound effects crack me up every time. You know, I um the thing is, as Dennis said, Madigan going down, getting indicted by the feds for various, you know, like extortion charges, essentially uh swapping jobs for his cronies uh with ComEd in favor of uh legislation favoring ComEd. And then all of a sudden the Danny Solis news. They dragged the Danny Solis into there where he was, uh, what, allegedly, allegedly, man is innocent until proven otherwise, listeners out there. Uh, he was allegedly, what, uh, trying to put the squeeze on various developers in Chicago to hire his property tax appeal business. So a lot of charges being hurled at Michael Joseph Madigan. And that blotted out the news of Lorigate. Yeah, I cleaned it up, there, all right? Because this may go unlumping. So I'm there clearing you go. Out. There Tomorrow go. you'll hear the whole thing. It's not going unlumping. I can tell you that. We know what a week. Oh, my goodness, Lori Lightfoot. I'll tell you what. Lori, I'm just going to say this before we get to Michael Joseph Madigan. Uh, Lori Lightfoot getting into it. Allegations of her um, just really abusing a, a Park District employee, who a Park District lawyer who's since uh, sued uh, the city and sued Lori Lightfoot. Uh, and he's... If the allegations are true, she went over the line, abusive uh, to this gentleman. But the part, on top of everything else, that's so offensive, and I, I would really hope a mayor of a city as diverse as Chicago could refrain from, like, lumping all people of an ethnicity, ethnic group into one basket like they're all the same so she kept referring it was this is the issue over the statue the columbus statue she kept referring over and over to the italians to the italians i mean come on mayor lightfoot you know that's not right we we have so much strife in the world like ethnic fighting all over the world she just think about it before you talk sometimes think about the ramifications of what you say we'll get into it tomorrow you can see I'm all fired up about Lori Lightfoot. Let's get to Michael Joseph Madigan. So, by the way, a couple of my listeners, I must say this, Steve, before we go to Madigan, have already urged me to talk about Lori Lightfoot uh, and her comments uh, regarding uh, the Columbus statue. And uh, I'm just going to say to those listeners, we'll be talking about them tomorrow. Uh, and a certain Michael Girardi who put in a request, hey, where's my song? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Come on, Girardi. Oh, no, no, I don't want to. What, what, you got writer's block or something? I want a song. All right? There we go. <laughs> and you could do a song about Lori's latest tirade. All right. Anyway, let's get to uh, Michael Joseph Madigan. As you all know, I'm all over the map when it comes to Michael Joseph Madigan. 
Yes, yes, indeed. Dennis had that gag going forever, which was hilarious about the bus. Who's on the bus? Who's off the bus? The Madigan. Actually, after a while, the dyslexia kicked in. I didn't know if you were on the bus, if you're for Madigan, or you're off the bus. You were against Madigan. I who me? I lost, yes. Oh, oh me. Oh, I was gonna say. Are you talking about me? I was gonna no. say my foot. Uh, I've always been on the bus. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. You were weird when it came to that Mike Madigan bus. Well, because. You know, I had mixed feelings about Michael Joseph Madigan. Uh, so I'll start with the negative feelings. The man was pretty much allegedly corrupt. You know, he uh, looked the other way at some really grotesque sexual harassment charges by Elena Hampton. Shout out Elena Hampton. Uh, she was pointing things out about Michael Madigan, the way he ran his operation and uh, how toxic it was in that uh, workplace. Years ago, years ago. And I was like, I have to admit, D, you can go. I put it in print. I set it on the air. He should step down as speaker because that's not the kind of behavior you would want from the leader of the Democratic Party. How many people listen to me, D? Mm, <laughs> no. So, Elena Hampton, thank you. You're way ahead of the game. Uh, pointing out how toxic uh, that environment was and how embarrassing, really, uh, to Democrats. We should be better than that. Uh, and uh, yes, he was not a great progressive. That's pretty obvious. I've watched the state politics for a long time, city politics for a long time. Michael Joseph Maddock, Madigan is very pragmatic. It's all about what can advance his cause as speaker. And if that meant, what, bottling up progressive legislation like uh, raising the minimum wage, he bottled it up. And that bit that Dennis played of Mark Maxwell and uh, legalizing weed, I had to laugh out loud. I mean, everybody goes, oh, he's so old. All right, I think he's, what, 78, D? Isn't that what he is, 78 or 79? I can't remember it offhand, which means he was born in like 43 or 44. Think about it, people. The Beatles are that old. They were smoking reefer in the 60s. So Michael Maddox is like, like marijuana. I don't know. <laughs> Come on, Madigan. All your friends die. Oh, you're going to act like people on the southwest side of Chicago weren't smoking reefer? Let's bring Michael Girardi on the show. He's from the southwest side. We'll ask him point blank. Michael, has anybody in the southwest side ever smoked reefer? In fact, confession to make, D. Uh-oh. Uh-huh. I smoked reefer in the 13th ward once. Oh. Yes, it's true. Michael Joseph Madigan's ward. I will not name the names of the people whose house I was smoking at, but I was smoking it there. I think it was Michael Madigan's ward. It was around it. If it was, it was just, just on the street from Bogan High School. Look it up, ladies and gentlemen. So that's so classic Democrats, Demi-Dems. I don't know this marijuana. I don't know. It's just so controversial. I can't take a stand. Meanwhile, half the caucus is getting high. Bunch of, bunch of phonies. I know. And it's the least of it, the marijuana thing. You know, Michael Joseph Madigan. But... On the other hand, on the other hand, everybody seems to forget this. In 2014, the voters of Illinois lost their minds and elected Bruce Rauner as their governor. We had a perfectly good governor in Pat Quinn, but he wasn't good enough for you. The Tribune didn't endorse him. The Sun-Times didn't endorse him. Voters of Illinois go, we've had enough. We're going we're gonna, to uh, elect a lunatic. A capitalist lunatic. Ugh. Bruce Rauner is the governor. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> yeah, Ugh is right. Bruce Rauner told all the North Shore suburbanites and the DuPage uh, swing voters, don't worry, I won't touch uh, your reproductive rights. 
I'm just going to cut taxes on the wealthy and destroy collective bargaining. And all those swing voters go, oh, sounds good to me. Man, was the biggest threat, Bruce Rauner, to progressive taxes, state funding for government, and union rights in the state of Illinois. And he would have probably gotten away with a lot of his abusive policies, if not for Michael Joseph Madigan. That's correct, Chicagoans. That's correct, Illinoisans. You want to pretend like you hate Madigan so much. But he was the guy who stood up to Rauner in 2015, 2016. You, you think John Cullerton, the state Senate president, was standing up to Rauner? He's looking to cut a deal or hiding under the desk. Oh, it's getting nervous out there. I didn't want to offend my corporate sponsors. The Tribune's up in arms. Back then, the Tribune editorial board had clout. No. Oh, and how about your mayor, Chicago, that you elected twice? Mayor Rob, do you think he was standing up for union rights? Heck, he no. To quote the kids in high school, CD, I clean it up. That was good. No, it's lumping. Heck, he no. Kids used to say that all the time back in the day. It was actually junior high. Heck, he no. <laughs> I was like, oh, heck, he no. Heck, he no. Ron was playing footsie with Ron. They were pals. They were investment buddies. Remember I just them? biked around Lake Michigan. <laughs> You had to play that one, huh? <laughs> yes, Rahm Emanuel. Remember the, the picture in the paper of Rahm with the bottle of wine and Rauner and their wives are all partying? Hey, you forget about that, huh, Chicagoans? Nearly a 1,000 miles. Oh, I, I, that detail is really important. And guess what, folks? He did not meet one person <laughs> who cared about <laughs> Medicare for all. That's because he didn't meet anybody. Everybody saw him and ran the other way. Who's that weirdo in the spandex? Yeah, thank you, sweaty guy. <laughs> well, what do you think about uh, Brahm at a bar? What do you think about it? Medicare for all? Get away. So, yeah, they're all hiding or secretly urging around or on. Mad Dog stood up to him. Now you're going to go out, Ben. There's more to you know, uh, governance and they're standing up for collective bargaining rights. Your show is just sponsored by unions. That's the only reason you say it. Well, you have a valid point there. My show is sponsored by unions. I am a member of a union, and I do believe in collective bargaining rights. I don't know why you don't, Chicagoans. So Madigan stood up for him. And he gave the, the Democratic caucus a sense of purpose and identity during those rounder years. So I'm sympathetic to him for that and appreciative for that. I know. I know it's, very not, a, it's not a very popular stand to take right now, considering... All the other things that I mentioned at the start of the show, the corruption, the sexual harassment, the lack of progressivity for years and years, the bewildering comment about pot. Ooh, I don't know. <laughs> Ever heard of the Beatles, Michael Madigan? You're as old as Paul McCartney. <laughs> Joe Biden is too, by the way. I don't know about this marijuana. You're kidding. <laughs> yeah, Joe. That old guy, he's as old as him? <laughs> Wow. He's as old as Paul McCartney. Wow. Then they act like they were they missed they missed the sixties. Well, I was doing something else. Yeah, okay. You know they were listening to Frank Sinatra. You don't think guys in Frank Sinatra's crowd were smoking reefer? Oh yeah. <laughs> Come on, mad dog. You know better than that. So anyway, yeah, I appreciate it for that. Uh and it's really hard uh to um for me to take a strong stand in this one. You see that flag up there, folks? That's me flapping in the breeze. I will say this. I may write about this. Uh, Madigan is, the whole Madigan story illustrates the difference between 
corruption and economic injustice. Follow me on this where I'm going, folks. Follow me on this. Corruption is doing something like what Madigan's alleged to have done, swapping jobs for favorable legislation or uh, swapping favors for people hiring his property tax appeal law firm. That's corruption. I got a text coming in, uh, which I will ignore. That's corruption. Economic injustice, on the other hand, is something that's very legal and happens all the time. It is, for instance, lay, raising taxes on the poorest people and cutting them on the richest people, which is what uh, effectively the state of Illinois did last year, or when, two years ago, when they voted down the Fair Tax Initiative, thanks to, what was it, $50 million donation from Kenneth Griffin, who brought us the famous Phyllis commercials, which somehow or other told convinced people on the northwest side retirees to vote against their interests got to be still the single dumbest political move of this century so oh and another example taking a program that's intended to help the poorest of the poor and using it to help the richest of the rich which is chicago tiff program spending over a billion dollars to subsidize an upscale development in an already gentrifying community and then raising everybody tech, everybody's taxes to do it. That's economic injustice. That's legal. That happens all the time. And when it happens, the editorial boards, Michael Girardi, weigh in with, in, with endorsements of it. Yes, that's investment in the city of Chicago. So I don't know. When I look at things like economic injustice versus petty political cor corruption, which is worse? In the case of Madigan, actually, it's a twofer, if you think about it. He's accused, it's an allegation, he's accused of swapping jobs uh, in favor of favorable legislation for Commonwealth Edison. Well, that, that favorable legislation was economic injustice because it raised our rates, made more profits for Commonwealth Edison at our expense. So that's a, a, a twofer, D. Wow, that's quite an accomplishment. <laughs> Again, it's only an allegation. So uh, I am all over the map when it comes to Michael Madigan. And I'm going to need guidance to help me through it. And so we will bring on, when we come back from this break, State Rep Representative Kelly Cassidy, otherwise known as KC, to give me guidance on the career and the legacy of Michael Joseph Madigan. Kelly Cassidy. Hey, All right. Uh, I was just telling Dennis, you're firing up a joint. I mean, a laptop on this chamber. <laughs> yes, there is There is no consumption of cannabis allowed in state facilities. Well, that sucks. Joining us now from the state house in Springfield, the one, the only, Kelly Cassidy. Some people call her KC, but I call her Kelly. Welcome back, Kelly. Thanks for having me. It's good to see you. All right. So I've been promoting and bragging about your appearance on the show uh, as our Madigan explainer, uh, which is different than the Madigan whisperer. Uh, I'm not sure there is a Madigan whisperer. You know, like a horse whisperer, they, they whisper to a horse and the horse does what they want to do and you can uh, calm a rambunctious horse. I don't even know if there's a Madigan whisperer in the entire state of Illinois. I was I, never interviewed for that job. I know who the Madigan yeller is. I'm sick of every 
Gary! Gear! We give power to one person! That's the Madigan yeller. Oh, man. Hey, Boast, you should send Madigan. That's Michael Boast, Congressman. You should send Mad Dog a bouquet of roses. You would have no career if it wasn't for that outburst. MAGA loves you now. Little silent on the Trump part of the uh, anti-liberty. I just want to point yeah, that out, Michael Boast. You know. You know. Yeah, maybe, maybe he just missed a memo or something. He missed a memo? I haven't no. heard of the outburst on Putin. Uh, no, definitely not that no, you know, I haven't heard that one. Uh, all right. Uh, I just want to uh, say to uh, Kelly Cassidy that this particular show will be aired on Lumpen Radio. So even though it's a podcast and generally we allow swearing because uh, everybody has a First Amendment protected free expression right to swear. Eh, let's not swear in this show. All I right? will do my best. You know that that's a challenge for me sometimes, <laughs> but I will I, do my best. All right. Dennis, and de- get, Dennis get, get will. Your for all right. Just say hey to the people on Lumpen Radio. Yeah, say hello, Lumpen. Hello, Lumpen. There we go. All right. Uh, and so we will not talk about uh, Mayor Lori Lightfoot's uh, the allegations about her because that will be bleeped out of uh, Lumpen Radio. <laughs> Uh, all right, let's deal with uh, Michael Madigan. Uh, but way, way, way before your time, you probably never even heard of this phrase before, Kelly Cassidy. Uh, the the folks who went off to fight the Spanish Civil War uh, against Franco on the side of the Republic were called premature anti-fascists. They were called that by uh, the FBI and the right wing in this country, the America Firsters of the time. Uh, you are what I would call a premature anti-Madigan. Uh, you were one of the... <laughs> I can always count on you for some really obscure reference. I love that. (laughs) I know. There's no one under the age of 70 who will know what the hell I'm talking about. Uh, But you were against Madigan, or at least critical of Madigan, long before it was fashionable. Uh, So I thought you would be a perfect person to have on the show. Uh, You've also been around uh, Springfield, so you know how he operates. You know the secrets of his game. Uh, So why don't we just start uh, with the most general question uh, I can ask, and we'll go to the specifics. I've been struggling with his legacy. I've been critical of Madigan, particularly. I I wanted him to to step down after Elena Hampton came out with her accusations. Mm -hmm. It's in print, Kelly. I I can't run from it. Uh, And uh, I just felt that was it. That was the straw that broke the camel's back. Uh, All the corruption, all the machine politics, I couldn't take it anymore. But then... I have to give him credit. He stood up to Rauner uh, and the anti-union rhetoric of Rauner. Uh, he gave mm-hmm. the, the Democrats, I felt, a sense of identity during that four years of Rauner's reign. Uh, I did not trust Rahm Emanuel or John Cullerton to take a strong stance against uh, Bruce Rauner. So I always have a little softness in my head or my heart or both uh, for Michael Joseph Madigan for that. How do you view Madigan and his legacy in the state of Illinois? Well, You know, as you were talking um, just now, it really made me think of um, the first time that I met uh, Ab Mikva, of blessed memory. Um, An amazing guy, unquestionable independent and progressive credentials. Um, But he he and I met for the first time right after I first spoke out. And his, he, he congratulated me and thanked me and encouraged me, but um, and, I, and I responded, like, I don't hate the guy. I actually find him fascinating, and his talent is unquestionable or unquestioned. And, and um, Mikva's response was, what I have always said is that all of the best and worst things that have, that have occurred in this state have his fingerprints on them, and we have to acknowledge the best things as well. Um, and, and I 
honestly kind of carried that with me that that became a little bit of a talisman that I carried with me uh, for the the remainder of of this little uh, journey we've been on. Um, And and so and I think that that's about the most accurate way to describe the guy. All right. You gave me a lot to follow up with. Uh, So uh, first of all, Abner Mikvah, for youngsters out there who don't know him, legend uh, in Illinois independent politics, was a congressman from Hyde Park. He literally built the Democratic organization in the city of Evanston when his family moved there uh, in 1971 or 72. So a great uh, figure, great figure in Chicago politics, the great Abner Mikvah. Shout out to Mary Mikvah, his daughter. All right. uh, So you said best and worst things. Uh, in the state of Illinois, have his fingerprints on them. Uh, you're, uh, that's Abner Mikva, paraphrasing Abner Mikva. What are the best and what are the worst? Well, I think that you you really hit the nail on the head in um, in your description of the role he played um, in in the Rauner administration. Um, definitely uh, pulled our dysfunctional family together and got everybody rowing in the same direction in many ways. Um, although I, I, I had, I had, had some beefs with, uh, uh, some of the steps he took towards the end of that battle as well. But, um, he, he, he really did get us all, um, very clearly united, uh, on, on that single focus that the goal of defeating Bruce Rauner could not have been more important. So we've got that, but he, you know, he also helped us pass marriage equality, I would not have made it to the finish line on the cannabis bill had I not had uh, help and support um, from our caucus uh, under his leadership. So, you know, there, there's it, it is not there's no cognitive dissonance involved in being able to say these are the good things he did. And yet all of this other stuff means he shouldn't be in this role. I, I don't think there's any disconnect there. Um, but, you know, maybe others do. Well, you talk about uh, his role uh, in the marriage equality and cannabis. And here's Mike Gripe as a lefty and get your response to this. Uh, Michael Madigan, in my humble opinion, had no ideology uh, other than winning. And I'm not even sure that's an ideology. Uh, He wanted to keep his caucus together and always be speaker so he'd Mm -hmm. have the power. Uh, And as such, that meant uh, when the tide was a little more conservative, uh, he was virtually worthless on any progressive yeah. issue, be it marriage equality, cannabis, progressive uh, yep. taxation, uh, hiking the minimum wage. In fact, he used his clout uh, to stifle uh, this legislation uh, and take advantage. Oh, of absolutely. Yes. I mean, I, you know, that that's that's not, it, the fact that he had no ideology is 100 percent true. Um, and his ideology was power. I, you know, I. When folks um, would ask me if I was going to run for speaker, I, I used to cite as an example of why I didn't think that was a good play for me. Um, the the year that we had to run um, uh, concealed carry and marriage equality at the same time. And, you know, as speaker, his job is to make sure that we succeed so that the caucus stays as big as it is. And so that meant he had to make sure that Brandon Phelps brought that concealed carry law home to his deep deep, deep Southern Illinois district that was getting less and less and less winnable for a Democrat, while at the same time ensuring that Greg Harris and the rest of us in the queer caucus were able to bring home marriage equality. Um, You know, as someone who has a lot of ideology um, and strongly held beliefs, you know, I I don't think I can do that. Um, It takes a special... um, 
approach to be able to do that. Um, and, and so that, that's very real and true, you know, in, in the years when we were, you know, a little bit more seesaw-ish in terms of who was in the, in the majority, um, you know, he, he absolutely enabled all sorts of anti-choice restrictions to, to become law. Um, and so you're not wrong <laughs> to have that beef. Uh, I, by the way, think you are perfectly capable of handling that job. People change, uh, their roles change. So I'm not going to buy into that. You couldn't do it. You could do it. Uh, I don't want to give okay. up those principles. That's my point. I don't okay. want to give up those principles. Fair enough. Fair enough. But you could do it. Uh, and uh, you'd probably be very well at it. Uh, you're, you're like MAGA people tell me they like you. <laughs> which is it's weird up. it is it's weird really really weird i don't know how that's happening all right uh so you know how it's happening actually ben what it's happening because i have a philosophy down here every single one of us brings our basic humanity and i presume everybody is here to be as forcefully advocating for their constituents as i am and if i grant them that space I can talk to them from that space and I can hear them. We may never agree, but, but if I grant them that and then they're forced to grant me that and we're able to communicate better and learn from each other. All right. So before I go to my next question on a tangent now, so when you heard Mike Bose's outburst, which we play all the time on this show, it's one of our favorite, along with the exchange between Lori Lightfoot and Ray Lopez. That's our, our, our two <laughs> favorite uh, bits to play. I'm uh, sick of so, every uh, <laughs> We give power to one person. So given what you just said about respecting where your MAGA counterparts come from, and Mike Bose was MAGA before there was MAGA, that was an outburst that Mike Bose, then a state rep, made, I want to say in 2014. Don't quote me on that, Kelly, but it was around that time. That sounds about right. Yeah, and he was mad at uh, Madigan uh, because Madigan outfoxed the Republicans. Like, who even knows what the issue is? What difference does it make? Oh, it was once again, it was another, you know, end of session, here's the budget, time to vote, bang, bang. I like, a, you got a minute to... Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so he was outraged and he threw all the paper, the legislation in the air. It's a great, uh, it was a great optics and it got him far. Uh, so when you saw that outburst, were you sympathetic to him? Did you have that sympathy, uh, that you just expressed for a MAGA person? It's not about sympathy. And also like that was a, that was a performance and it was clearly a performance. Uh, so much so that I, uh, I actually went to my office and got the Moses action figure that is on one of my, uh, shelves that I have no idea where it came from. And I put it on his desk for when he came back from caucus. <laughs> did, did he appreciate that? Uh, he did. And then, and then Moses moved around the chamber for the rest <laughs> of the night. See, Meg, it's got a sense of humor somewhere. All right. Uh, so let's go back to what you were talking about. Uh, the, uh, the maestro in action, Michael Madigan, where uh, in order to get uh, marriage equality through, he had to uh, get uh, legislators to pass concealed carry. Uh, did you vote for the concealed carry legislation? No, I did not. Okay. So that's another thing uh, that Michael Madigan uh, allowed and explain that where constituents get to vote their districts. Yeah. And, and, you know, there's, there, there can be a mixed bag there, but, um, you know, acknowledging when somebody's got a, a vote that's not good for their district. And if someone like me that represents a pretty liberal district, um, you know, th there is the reality of, you know, there is, I, I can and should help my, my colleagues get their bills across the finish line. 
Um, but even in those instances, there's a limit. Um, and, and that would be the equivalent of asking, you know, Brandon Phelps to sponsor the Reproductive Health Act or something, you know? Um, so you mentioned And Brandon that- didn't vote for marriage. Um, and yet when, when marriage equality passed, he, he was first to come and hug me. And when concealed carry passed, I was first to go and hug him. So, wow. All right. Let me ask you this then. I know you can't read people's minds, but is your sense uh, that there's a lot of performance? You were alluding to Michael uh, Bost performance. So when somebody, a Democrat from downstate can't vote for uh, marriage equality, but hugs you, that sort of suggests that he really doesn't care if marriage equality passes, but he's just doesn't want to upset his, uh, his voters. Am I being unfair? I think you are actually, because I very much cared that concealed carry not pass. I, I led the floor debate against it. Um, but at the same time, I am capable of seeing the human being at the other desk who's worked his us off to get this bill done and be proud of him for succeeding, even though it meant defeat for me. I always love when Kelly Cassidy uh, speaks Yiddish on the Ben Jarofsky show. Uh, I think Tuchus is acceptable lumpen. Uh, all right. Uh, you said his talent is unquestioned. Uh, get a little more specific about that. I, I mean, I think you, you really did. You know, his, his, his ward organization, his political operation, his ability to manage at, at, at our peak 74 personalities with very different agendas – um, and, you know, to your example in the Rauner administration, getting us all rowing in the same direction against uh, Rauner's uh, campaign to destroy our state. Um, those are the best examples of that I can I can offer. Uh, and yet he stumbled clearly, obviously, uh, giving the feds more than enough evidence to uh, indict him on various corruption charges. Uh, talk about that. Just talk about what politicians in the state of Illinois view as acceptable behavior. And how um, uh, it just ceaselessly amazes me, Kelly, that they think they can get away with it. Um, I'm not really sure where to go with that. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I know how I operate. I know um, how the people I choose to associate with, um, by and large, operate. I, 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 you know, I'm not sure what the, where you're headed with the question, to be honest. Oh, obviously, the question is this, that uh, politicians in Illinois think it's okay to have a property tax business uh, and solicit business from people who are coming before the state for uh, legislation? uh, Well, I would say I don't know about politicians, um, but certainly that one did. And, you know, the folks that are on tape did. Yeah, so I'm being unfair to all politicians. Uh, I sit correct. I mean, I am one, by the way. What? A politician, yes. Yeah. Uh, but you don't have a property tax appeal business, as far as I, I know. I don't. I don't have any business. Yeah. Uh, all right. So uh, you also said he's a fascinating guy. What did you mean by that? Um, well, first of all, just everything that he has been engaged in, everything he's, everything he's done in his career. Like, I'm, I'm a political history nerd of course you know this guy has been front row for everything so that's a piece of it but also that those talents that i just described um you know watching how someone over the years was able to you know bob and weave a bit and you know build these coalitions um you know i think that uh if if 
2013 Madigan could have talked to, you know, 1970 Madigan and told him that he was about to help get marriage equality across the finish line. Um, you know, 1970 Madigan might have uh, decided to take a different path. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so what was the breaking point for you? What finally, why don't you explain to folks uh, what finally uh, forced you to go public with your uh, criticism of Madigan? I mean, I had been somewhat critical, um, but in a more nuanced way, I guess, um, until the Elena Hampton stuff really broke. Um, and, you know, there, there was a period of maybe two weeks where I feel like he called me every other day with another story. Um, and, you know, this allegation came out and this is what I'm saying about it. And, and you know, finally, you know, I, I, I don't know if it was three strikes or four strikes, but um, I, I, that was, that was my breaking point. That was the point at which I finally said, um, that, that this, this, he could not be trusted to police himself and we needed, uh, a more independent eye on this stuff. And you said that publicly, correct? I did. I did. I called for an independent investigation at that point. And how did he react to that? Um, he, he was angry. Um, and that was another thing that, like, that was sort of a tell, right? He, um, he never lost his cool. You know, we had, always, we had had many difficult conversations up to that point. Um, but that call, when I told him I was going to speak publicly, um, I, I'm not, sh I, I don't remember super clearly, but I kind of think he hung up on me. <laughs> um, so, you know, that, that was very much a, a tell uh, mm. uh, that this was different. All right, let me uh, just go back and, and, and uh, remind people. Elena Hampton uh, was a uh, uh, worker for uh, Michael Madigan's political operations. Very good at what she did. Uh, and she was being harassed by another uh, member of Michael Madigan's political organization. Uh, and she had evidence of it. Very, I think it was text, uh, mostly, Kelly. Uh, and she turned over that evidence to Madigan in a very moving letter that she wrote to a private letter. She hadn't gone public with it. And she said, please do something about this. I'm being harassed. And she was being harassed by the brother of Marty Quinn, who was the alderman of the, of the 13th Ward and maybe Madigan's top uh, political chieftain, yep. or political aide. So she was a, a mentor of, uh, of Marty Quinn. And they worked on the, as I met Juliana Stratton's campaign against Kenny Duncan. Mm -hmm. uh, so they, yep. she was very much a part of Madigan's political operation. She looked on him like a, like a avuncular figure and mm -hmm. he ignored her. See, yep. this is the part that really, he ignored her, you know, I mean, if you have a daughter and your daughter's being harassed and it's like you ignore your daughter, to me, right. that's, wow. Well, I that's mean, he Ben, it. Yeah. He, he kind of ignored his daughter a few years before. Yes. Just saying. Yes. His, his literal daughter. Yeah. <laughs> he blocked her. Oh, Michael Madigan. See, that's what I'm saying. Kelly, that's what I'm saying. It's like everybody goes how smart Madigan is. And it's like they used to stand up for Doliak. Oh, he's so smart. Burke, he's so smart. I don't see anything particularly smart about clever, crafty, cagey, you know, no moral standards. Okay, that's yes. But smart. Every suit of armor has gaps. 
Whoa. I'm well, let's buying out for that one. But yeah, I hear you. <laughs> I just told you there's no <laughs> cannabis consumption in the state house. Yeah, but in my attic there is. Uh, <laughs> so yes, anyway, so that was uh that's where I, I lost it as well. And um and then he got defensive, is what, mm-hmm. what you're describing. Exactly. Uh-huh. Exactly. Um, this was the thing that he 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 could not keep that Mr. Cool exterior over. Um All right. For whatever reason. So without uh, giving away uh, names or anything, when you went public and uh, he let you know and the world know that he was not pleased and that you were no longer one of his favorites, if you ever were one of his favorites. I never was. Okay. Uh, That you were especially, you're like on the Ben Jarofsky lists of people that they really don't like. Uh, what did your colleagues say to you? Did they were they supportive, or did they say, "Kelly, have you lost your freaking mind? Do you know what you're doing?" I mean, what was the response of people around you? It, it, by and large, there was very little response. Um, there were just a couple of folks who spoke up in support of me. And what do you attribute that to? Um, fear. And, and I always said during that time, like, you know, if you're afraid, come out in the sunshine with me. It's the safest place in the universe. Um, you know, that, that, that really ended up being true. I, I didn't lose um, my ability to advocate on behalf of my constituents. I didn't uh, find my bills circling the drain um, because it was pretty clear that anything that they did to me, I was just going to go straight out to the public with. Um, and, and that insulated me, um, and made those, made those years, um, less awful than they could have been. What are people afraid of Kelly? I, uh, with Madigan, what can you do to them? Go ahead. Well, you know, there, there are risks to your campaign, uh, apparatus. You know, if you, if you're dependent on someone for campaign staff and, um, potentially campaign money and assistance with getting your agenda uh, through. Like, these are all um, things that people were, were worried about losing. Um, you know, I, I just didn't depend on him for anything. That made it easier for me. Uh, and uh, let's not uh, forget that uh, there was a strong portion of the Democratic caucus that stuck with Madigan before he uh, finally uh, threw in a towel. Yep. Uh, we we uh, endlessly talked about that, like on the Madigan bus, who was on the Madigan bus. I think it was 19 state reps. It's been a there while. There were 19 of us, 19. yeah. And, he didn't um, have and to... at the end of the day, there were actually 22 votes against him. Um, but the, there were 19 of us who were the holdouts um, throughout that several months. Uh, and uh, so uh, Chris Welch is now the speaker. What's the difference between Speaker Welch and Speaker Madigan? Um, well, he has a cell phone. Uh, <laughs> uh, but it, to be honest, it, uh, there's, a, there's a, a lot of difference. You know, the very first thing was, you know, making our rules um, more. I just got a low power alert, so I'm a little worried. Um, oh, okay. uh, there, there are rules. Uh, our house rules are, you know, include term limits for leadership and, you know, much more small D democratic processes. Um, You know, Madigan blocked remote participation. Uh, Welch has innovated it and made it work. Um, So a lot. 
All right, before I let you go, because your power is about to go out, I have to ask you this. This is something else that's got me a little worried. Uh, the utter hypocrisy of Republicans, and I know that uh, Richard Irvin, uh, with his Kenny G-funded campaign, is going to be taking Madigan's head and putting it on, on the head, on the neck of every single Democrat in the state of Illinois. In, well, they don't. They probably don't have a Republican running against you, but mainly uh, J.B. Pritzker. Uh, talk yeah. a little about the, the hypocrisy of the uh, Richard Irvin, Kenny G operation on this one. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, to be honest with you, um, sorry, I'm, I'm in the lunchroom at the Capitol, so I'm just trying to make it so that my colleagues can actually get a little nutrition on board here. Um, uh, the, the reality is, you know, one of the things that I was most struck by yesterday was what would it be like if he were speaker today when this happened? What, would, what kind of chaos would we be dealing with and what would those campaigns look like and how many of my colleagues would lose their seats as a result? That was really the, like the first thing that came to mind because we're in the middle of a really busy time in session. So we're all on the floor. We're all around each other. Everybody just finished petitions. So it's all top of mind. And, and that really, that's more than anything else. Imagine that. Yeah. It's going to they're going to use it to their best advantage anyway. But you're absolutely correct if he were uh, speaker. So a shout out to the 22. Oh, let's be clear. I had yeah. mail done against me years ago with the, the puppet strings, you know, like, the, the, you know, people calling me a Madigan puppet. So they're going to say whatever they say. Yeah. There does not have to be an element of truth to it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and uh, they're yes, they're going to say it. It'll be a, a huge that in uh, crime. Uh, will be the two uh, prongs of their attack. Yeah. Uh, you're absolutely correct. And it doesn't have to be a, a kernel of truth to it uh, at, at all. But my only hope is that most voters uh, in Illinois uh, have sort of turned a page on Madigan. Uh, yeah. you know, I hope so. Uh, uh, one thing I've learned is that people aren't paying that much attention other than junkies like you and me, uh, Kelly Cassidy. Uh, anyway, listen, I'll let you go. You're in the middle of the lunchroom. Thank you for coming on the show. We've got to bring you back to the hideout. I, I have Absolutely. Let's do it. A, a show with you and Elena Hampton. That's my vision uh, on stage it. at the hideout. So I'm going to make that happen. I'm going to reach out to Elena. That'll be a lot of fun uh, and very revealing. All right, Kelly Cassidy. You look. They, I just got to tell you, I love that what you're doing with your hair. Just throwing that out there. And uh, let your freak flag fly. I'll talk to you real soon, all right? All right, take care. Bye, Bye All right, that's Kelly Cassidy, state representative for the north side of Chicago, in the lunchroom, D. I know. She's in the lunchroom. Uh, we probably could have uh, got, like, four more interviews if she just passed that phone around. <laughs> Michael <laughs> Joseph Madigan. You know, uh, that last point she made was a really good one, and I'll just close with this. Just imagine, D, if he was still the speaker. Good God. Yeah, that's, he, a, that's what I texted you right when it happened yesterday. Like, man, but I, I still think it's going to be chaotic. I mean, but it would be worse. Oh, absolutely. It would just be utter chaos. Uh, and, uh, you know, the Dems would be struggling f to figure out who would be the new speaker. Uh, and it just it's it just shows the d depth of his power that it was such a struggle. And we talked about it so many times with that bus gag, which we'll probably bring back uh, tomorrow. Uh, and oh, what a week. Uh, it was so difficult to get him out of office, even with all the controversy mounting, even with uh, Elena Hampton's sexual harassment charges, even with uh, the, the feds working their way up to him with an indictment. Remember that, D? They mm -hmm. just, his power was so, 
he's deep, and the, and the state reps were afraid to defy him. Uh, they, they, I don't know, they just were so worried that he would cut him off. Uh, and then from, election time would come, and they would be, well, we got to keep him, you know, his support, you know, we got to beat Trump. That was the big thing, too. Yeah, so I don't know how this is going to help them beat Trump at all. I mean, it'd be interesting. My advice uh, to Madigan, I wrote this in a column, and I said this on the air, uh, is to uh, have a, a Blagojevich-like conversion. Michael Joseph Madigan, I hope you're listening to me. Have a Blagojevich-like conversion. Become a Trumpocrat and say that you've suddenly seen the light and now you support Donald Trump. You watch. All those Republicans who hate you will love you. Just like they love Blagojevich, who could probably uh, be elected governor. I mean, excuse me, be, uh, win the um, Republican nomination uh, if he were to run for governor right now. I do believe that if it wasn't illegal for him to do that. All right. Uh, I want to thank Kelly Cassidy for uh, coming on uh, and interrupting her lunch. That was very nice of her. And I also want to thank the man, the myth, the legend, the pride of joy of Alton, Illinois, without whom this show would be possible. And as Kelly Cassidy and Michael Joseph Madigan will tell you, back home in Alton, they call him Dr. D. Give yourself a raise. Take it out of petty cash. See you tomorrow, everybody.